If you're in the market for a super addictive puzzle game, you have to check out Mini Motorways on Apple Arcade. It's a city planning strategy puzzler with an incredibly satisfying gameplay loop. Enjoy unlimited access to over 200 incredibly fun games with no ads and no in-app purchases. From puzzle and adventure games to sports, racing and multiplayer action games, everyone can count on finding something to love. Head to sifter.com.au slash arcade to start your free trial of Apple Arcade today. That's sifter.com.au slash arcade for a free one-month trial of Apple Arcade, and you'll be supporting independent video games journalism. New subscribers only, $9.99 a month after free trial. Plan automatically renews after trial until cancelled. Pixel Sift is proudly supported by Murdoch University School of Arts. At Murdoch University School of Arts, you can study a degree that'll keep up with the fast pace of modern media, and you can learn how to debug a complex audio uh, setup or a live stream, just like we can do now here at Pixel Sift. Uh, the course has been designed in consultation with industry and business, and the Bachelor of Creative Media allows you to specialize in sound, graphic design, screen production, photography, or games, art, and design. Whether you like playing and talking about games, making your own podcast, or using your creative skills to make new things, the Bachelor of Creative Media is broad enough to make you a competitive candidate when heading into the workforce. You can search for Murdoch University and head to the website for more information. Murdoch University School of Arts, proudly supporting Pixel Sift. Hello, my name is Gianni and welcome to Pixel Sift. If this is the first time that you've ever tuned into the show, welcome. Thank you for coming along. Um, each fortnight we dig into the world of games, talking about the issues and topics making the rounds for players and developers. And we chat to the people and the communities who are working hard to make their own games. My co-hosts on this journey today are Sarah and Mitch. Yeah, contrary to popular belief, Sarah has not stolen my job. Yeah. Wow. Mitch is still here. That's not what I was told. Hasn't been replaced. You know, my mom was like, you haven't been on the show in a while. Has Sarah taken your job? It's good and to know. I was like, know. no, mom. She has Shout no. out to your mom watching yeah. the show. Or Shout out to Mitch's mom for believing in me more than she believes in him, evidently. Classic. Joining us as well this week, we have uh, Trey Duncanson. He's from Melbourne's Atomizer Games, and he'll be telling us all about their stealth noir game, Heist. Trey, thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me. It was, um, yeah, pretty good to be here. Well, we'll be learning all about the game uh, that's been in development for a little while, a little bit later in the show. But Mitch, we've got another topic coming up uh, just before that. What else are we checking out today? Yeah, we'll also be covering the controversy surrounding the latest Detroit Become Human trailer. So just a warning, our first topic will be discussing the depiction of domestic violence uh, in that trailer in Detroit Become Human. So if that's something you'd rather not hear or you've got people around who may not want to hear that uh, and you're listening as a podcast, you can click the chapter marker in your podcast player and skip directly to our interview with Trave about Heist. Mitch, what's Discord? Discord is an online chat service that most gamers use. Incidentally, you can also use it to talk to us at pixelsiv.com.au forward slash Discord. Yeah, you can talk about uh, episodes, you can talk about upcoming topics, you can probably even coerce Mitch into playing a game with you online. That's not going to happen. That is going to happen. You're doing it. I'm saying that's happening. Sorry. Yeah, well... Join Discord. You should grow your beard back. pixelsiv.com.au forward slash Discord. 
I only play Overwatch. So, yeah, if anyone wants to play a game, it's Overwatch. you got to jump uh, on Discord, as yeah, uh, Trave has done this afternoon. <sighs> uh, clicking the links, getting there. Going to play some Overwatch with Mitch, I assume. Yep. Okay. Anyway. Yeah, yeah we can make that up. <laughs> Yep, He's sounds good. rocking the shirt today. I'm, I'm rocking the shirt today, yeah, which is good. Anyway, so the latest trailer for PlayStation's Detroit Become Human has become has included a very confronting and distressing topic, the consequences of a serious domestic of serious domestic abuse of a young girl. This has caused some to worry about the impact this might end up having on the people that will eventually play the game. Now, it has been quite uh, widely reported in mainstream media. Um, a lot of the uh, big outlets like Channel 9, ABC, uh, big uh, traditional media brands have been kind of uh, approaching this and, and speaking out about this particular depiction. Uh, for people who don't know, Detroit Become Human is a, a game made by Quantic Dream. It's a narrative interactive story, uh, very similar in style to the... Um, previous games that you might know called Beyond Two Souls or Heavy Rain. Um, more like an interactive sort of narrative rather than a, a game as such, as in you're not pressing A to jump, you are pressing A to have a decision. So like the, like a mature version of those old Goosebumps books, like, you know, the ones that it was like choose, choose your, your adventure. own adventure, but yeah. it's like choose your own effectively a mature media TV show or a film, but you're just choosing slightly separate pathways, I guess, or slightly different outcomes. And the purpose of this game is to sort of explore uh, a, the near future where humanity and androids are in the same world, where robots and what uh, does that impact have on the way that we behave as people and what does that impact have on, uh, on artificial intelligences that also exist and share our world. So one of the depictions in this is uh, in the, f- the most recent trailing, which came out at Paris Games Week, um, shows a quite a confronting scene where... Um, you, the character Kara, um, has to interrupt uh, a, a scene of violence, um, and the choices you make will have impacts um, depending on on how they work and, and the timings that you do with those sort of things. So it has attracted a bit of controversy because people have said that the depiction of any violence, especially violence towards children in a game, is something that uh, should not be ever done, um, and it should be something that shouldn't be shouldn't be shown in games. Um, and that's kind of where the main uh, controversy has come out. So people who work for support groups for people who are escaping uh, domestic violence have, have criticised the way that this is uh, depicted in games, uh, in this particular game, and um, uh, have said uh, comments to the, the effect. So uh, Dr. Glenn uh, Cupid, who is a spokesman um, when speaking to uh, Channel 9, said that uh, is a spokesman for Australian Council on Children and the Media, uh, said that I'm worried that kids are going to be brought up on a diet of uh, entertainment violence and uh, Cupid, who is a retired psychologist, um, says that this presents violence against children and violence against women and children together, um, which is is one one take on this particular uh, aspect. Um, Assistant Professor Shanti Rahman from the National Association of the Prevention of Child Abuse, speaking to the ABC, said, I think that the depiction itself is actually quite chillingly close. The figures and everything, uh, and although they are animation, are so real, and we deal with children and families who are victims of violence on an on almost daily basis. And because I work in child protection, this was quite a disturbing, this was very disturbing for me to watch because it seems to play out how the lives of some of the children that I see, which I think is a fair thing to say. Sorry, Trave. Yeah, I was going to say, see, the thing is we don't really know, you know, how much, what is actually depicted. So if we, we take the trailer at face value, right, say it doesn't really get any more graphic than what is kind of visible there, right, when we, where it's like you don't actually see the violence because, you know, part of the, part of the minigame or, you know, based on what I saw in the trailer is like 
you have to break free from your protocol by mashing buttons. They're like your halt protocol that like the fathers put you on. And I don't know, like there could be something where it's like that simple decision in the in the way the path splits up could be meaning you don't see anything like the violence becomes implied like any violence against children that happens in movies it's not shown if it is it's really not good but it's it's more implied because you know you can't sort of show that stuff and you're not allowed to show that stuff in film either mm-hmm. so i mean the game doesn't necessarily glorify even show the person uh, what's going on? It, it's it's like what happened with the South Park that got censored by Australian meat, like uh, you know our censorship and whatnot, and uh, they rejected it and they sent it back, you know, with the censorship thing on. And that implication, kind of, for South Park, you know, everyone said this made it better. The Australian version was the game to play because how they self-censored to get through Australian classifications was by implying it, and that also kind of works really well in comedy as as well as it does in sort of drama and tragedy. So. I mean, it, it, I think it's qu- too quick to judge uh, th- this game on, or you know, but of course, like tabloid media is going to do that. But it's, I think it's too quick to judge Quantic for what they've actually pre- got here because it could be quite well presented um, and not as tasteless as as the me- mass media is portraying it. It's interesting you say that because I mean, the ABC is one of the outlets who have reported on this particular thing and have taken comment from these experts as well, and they're not ones that would generally be overhyping something um, for this sort of circumstance. Do you think it is that it's this is too cursory a glance, and and maybe the the intention of this trailer is to shock people to get that impact, and and that's what people are only seeing? Oh, definitely. Like it, it's 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 definitely playing to that on the on the marketing end, right? And I remember that uh, I remember reading that was one of the uh, criticisms that was, that was leveled at it was um, that it was, you know, uh, these uh, the people in the UK were saying that, um, oh, you know, how dare they do this for a quick buck? I'm not sure if that was like actual quotes or if that was just what the tabloid was saying uh, themselves. Um, but yeah, yeah, it, it it's definitely going to shock people to pay attention to this game for its release. Um, so it, it, it's definitely doing that. But I don't know. Yeah. Again, we don't really know what the game's, what, what game's actually going to have the player do, right? And I think some of the way it's being interpreted as well is that um, like they're, they're trying to make amusement out of it and it's like no Quantic doesn't do that because these are adult games they're going to deal with adult themes and part of being an adult is if you have a parent this is something that does happen and trying to I think uh, spread some light on it you know to an audience that might not be paying attention to these usual sorts of things I feel pretty bad I haven't actually seen the trailer yet but from what I've heard about it from discussing with you guys and what you've said it sounds like the entire premise is you as the player character as this android are interjecting into the scene and trying to stop this from happening entirely yep. trying to shed light on that and if they do it tastefully it could be almost an educational because a lot of young people play games mm-hmm. now and i say that i mean ideally it should be people over 18 if this game is going to be rated r because as we all know r18 is is there for a damn good reason and if uh-huh. that's the case, we're going to have young people playing this. Maybe they're thinking about this. Maybe they've, you know, if they've been through that experience themselves, I'd like to hope that it's, you know, there's an appropriate trigger warning on the case of the game or there's mm. a good good meter around this. But for young, a lot of people that have never experienced this, myself included, it's 
you know, it's quite a harsh topic, but if it's dealt with in the right way, it can bring a lot of these issues to light as like, this is something that you need to be aware of and this is something that you as a person can potentially help, you know. I think as well with this is, um, as you said, the the depiction of it can be quite confronting and I think that's correct. You do need to to warn people appropriately. Mm. Um, But another aspect of that is it it does need to actually make its way through the Australian censorship. Absolutely. Um, It hasn't been rated yet in Australia. And if you have a look at Quantic's um, previous two games, the most recent game was Beyond Two Souls. Uh, and that was rated R18 in Australia. Um, and the previous one, which was on the PlayStation 3, is called Heavy Rain, and that was rated MA15. But at the time, there was no R18 rating in Australia. That, that did cause us a few issues. We had yeah. a lot of games coming in when they probably shouldn't have. Yeah, And exactly. other games that were potentially – we had a bit, it was a bit of a messed up system. Right. And so they were both repackaged for the PlayStation 4, and they were given an R18 rating together. Um, so we this is a, not a game that is aimed at children, and I think the interaction is uh, – impacting uh basically interaction is there to sort of react to the situation you are in charge of this violence you are uh, an observer and potentially where i think the one criticism can be is that uh, some of the options presented to you might be that uh, to in a violent situation violence may be the action that you are given and through a lot of evidence that people have have heard um and have demonstrated that a violent situation violence is generally not the answer to get out of that situation it's generally in a power dynamic where you do not have control and by telling people that they can react violently to get out of a violent situation, that can cause more harm than good. So we don't know at this stage. It is something that we will have to, uh, you know, see how it how it plays out. But I think um, the discussion of uh, topics which do uh, give you pause or are, are confrontational are often a good uh, starting point for us to discuss uh, why these issues are important and to see why we need to, to think about... Uh, how this should be approached in, in, in society. I think the fact that everyone that watches it, gamer or non-gamer or journalist or traditional media or whatever, whoever actually watched the trailer comes away from that trailer not feeling good and it actually feeling quite scared and not comfortable. And I, I think that goes against a lot of the arguments that a lot of the, the mainstream media has been saying it trivializes uh, domestic violence. And I, I think if it trivialized it, if you wouldn't feel so terrible after you watch that trailer. I think anybody that's saying that this this particular uh, experience trivial, trivializes it hasn't watched the trailer and doesn't mm. know anything about it. Yeah, it's a yeah, it's a it's this is I think going to be firmly a game that's targeted at adults for a mature audience. Um, There are people in our society, unfortunately, who do have to deal with this on a daily basis. And, you know, it's it's appropriate that the um, the people who do have to deal with this are appropriately warned. Now, Mitch, you've got one other thing. Oh, sorry, Trey, go for it. Sorry, I was going to say one other thing I I think that it could be good for and hopefully it does do if it's again done tastefully is that um, people that might not be experiencing the abuse themselves they might learn to see the signs for other people and they're like their friendship circles and maybe learn what to look out for by seeing it sort of more firsthand but in a safe and distant way as you can in a video game but you can still you know objectively see it and then you can go onto the resources um, that are available for people who who, who can exactly. uh, support you and um, make a safe uh, exit from that situation now mitch you've got some some resources for people who if they're in australia Yes, so um, I have a couple of family domestic violence um, assistance services that I have on my screen right now when it comes up. It is, um, these are Australian, um, so it's uh, 1-800-737-732. Um, seven, uh, that is the Respect National Helpline. Uh, there's the women, Women's Crisis Line, which is 1-800-811-811, and uh, Lifeline, which is 131-114. So if you require any assistance or you, th- you feel like you need help, these are some 
places which you can go to get it. And these will all be in the description below this episode. That's, uh, that's it for this one. So now let's just jump into our next topic. Pixel Sift. <laughs> Pixel Sift. No, seriously, Pixel Sift. <laughs> no, seriously. Pixel Sift. If you've just joined us, we're joined by Trave Duncanson. He's a designer at Melbourne's Atomizers game, developer of the upcoming stealth noir game Heist. Now, Trave, what is Heist? So Heist is a noir cat burglar game. We use non-lethal gadgets to get in, get the loot, and get out again. So it's a very uh, you know, pure stealth game in the sense it's all about avoiding and evading as opposed to going in there, shooting up the place. So why did you want to go for a, a, a just a stealth game where you need to avoid conflict rather than you know some of the other stealth games that have been popularized recently um, where combat is an important part of that game? Um, well, see, I was playing Dishonored uh, a few years back, and I know one of the things because I hadn't ex- uh, played a lot of lot of stealth games, but you know, one thing that I did recognize was that there was always a violent option there in the stealth game, and it kind of I was just thinking about it and going, you know, it doesn't make a lot of sense uh, to have that sort of you know dynamic, like you know, stealth is about you know not being seen, and, and the fact is that like most people when they're like really into the stealth games, they go for non-violent runs, and it's like, well, I mean. Uh, when you're making a game, you, you have to add all these things and then you, you might remove some stuff. But, you know, you still have to add everything in and like adding the ability to kill a guard or whatever or violently get rid of an obstacle. Um, you know, you have to put that in there. So it's easy to just not put it in there. And then we reckon and then from there sort of try and recognize, OK, now that we're missing an element and people are going to notice that missing, we need to put something else in there to sort of, you know, fill that interactive element that is now a void. What I always thought about, which is hilarious about stealth games, is that by introducing violence, you've immediately escalated the level of like danger. And I think that uh, if you are a cat burglar in the traditional sense of the word, most of the time, if you get in and escape and steal like the prize or the jewelry or whatever, a lot of the time, the impact on you will be much less, obviously, because you haven't caused violence to someone else. And now you're a violent break and ender uh, offender sort of thing. Uh, do you think that's uh, an important aspect to it as well? That like it kind of does break that immersion by, by adding all these things where you can just get away scot-free by punching or shooting your way out of a situation? Um, oh, no. I, I think in a way, yeah, it, it, like, it waters, down, water down, waters down the experience, I think, of... Um, you know, uh, stealth gameplay and what makes it special. But I also find that, um, you know, doing, a, you know, being a cat burglar, the, the whole challenge is, you know, to be a ghost, to be uh, something that basically no one ever sees, hears or anything. It's, a, um, you know, you, you might as well be walking through the walls and that adds mystery. And, you know, I think um, it was just a fun idea to explore, like, you know, how, how do you get the player to feel like that cool and whatnot? Um, and, you know, so, like, in, in the game, there is still, like, a little bit of violence um, in the sense that, you know, like, you can be uh, shot from afar by a guard, right? Like, to you know, you're running away, they see you, they try and, like, take you out so they can catch you. Um, so, th- there's a little bit of violence still in the game, but, yeah, it was just like, well, it doesn't make sense for a cat burglar. Because once we decided that there wasn't going to be violence in the game, we had to think of, like, you know, what kind of person's going to be sneaky, but not gonna kill at all and cat burglar just seemed to make sense like you don't want to be uh you know leaving a, a, a trail of bodies behind you you want to just be quiet and unnoticed so when did you decide that you didn't want violence in the game was that how how, how late in the development process was it oh it, it was immediate it was it was part of the pitch from um so like i wanted to 
try and figure out you know what, what would make that game still fun um a stealth game still fun if you didn't have like the cathartic killing because that that's what it ends up being right is like if the stealth gets too hard you've got a cathartic release by being able to kill a bunch of people and then reset and then go again um we didn't really have that so we had to sort of approach what the fun element i guess of the game was um from a completely different direction if that makes sense and uh that's where we came in with the tool so it was yeah so to answer your question more directly is yeah absolutely it was there from day one how have you built out the the game of heist um if you look at the the game people might be watching on twitch right now they can see a bit of the gameplay um they can see that it's quite a stylized world but what are some of the important things you do to kind of communicate that stealth and make it so that you're not just in in blackness all the time and make it a a playable experience for people well um the like it's so the lighting is obviously, you know, pretty pretty obvious uh, as something, you know, different about the game, um, you know, that sort of cell-shaded look. And uh, so the, you'll see, like, um, you know, sort of three bands of lighting, the, the dark, the mid-tone, and then, like, the fully lit. And um, we, we kind of knew we wanted to go for a cell-shaded style uh, early on, and it kind of um, just, hey, this is a nice way, uh, a little bit inspired by uh, Mark of the Ninja, where it's got, you know, uh, just a, a binary stealth system, as they, as they said, um, where, like, you either... Uh, visible or not visible and you know um kind of wanted that and as i was looking at cell shading i liked that sort of gray strip it added a bit more of a um graphic novel look to everything and i was like okay well i mean you know what if i can do the same sort of thing where you've got like uh more discreet stealth as opposed to uh you know your your you know soft fall-off lighting um such as like thief where it's like you, you know there's a much more higher dynamic range i guess um so yeah uh that was pretty obvious where we we're like, okay, cool. That's what the lighting is going to be. You're going to be partially visible. So if you're not moving or you're up against cover, you'll be practically invisible in shadow. You're invisible. And then in light, you'll always be spotted. Um, and again, following on like, okay, we're, we're presenting the game in a graphic novel style. Um, what can we use from that style instead of using your classic UI? So the outline on the, uh, on the player changes um, tint you know, uh, according with the lighting as well to help communicate that in case you weren't too aware uh, that moving in those different areas was having an effect on your visibility. And then, you know, trying to visualize sound was was a big thing as well um, and eventually got this idea of having like these sonar waves that emanate out. So um, the, the thing we're trying to do all the time with it is, you know, uh, lean really heavily on the graphic novel style to help communicate the stealth mechanics that were going on in the game. I got, I got a question here from SQDJ. Uh, you mentioned that you getting shot is a consequence, but uh, what else can happen if you get caught? Um, a so lengthy mostly court is, case, <laughs> um, you know, you have to present evidence. And goodbye, yeah, everyone. Thanks for going to Pixel City. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> good episode. Yeah, no, the um, Ace Attorney, like, you know, uh, minigame at the end is awesome. Um, <laughs> no, no, sorry, that doesn't exist, but that would be a cool thing. Um, no, uh, basically, it's pretty simple. Like, you either get shot or you get, like, tackle to the ground um and then once you're nabbed you have the option to you know start again let's just say you broke out of jail after being caught and you go back to the scene of the crime <laughs> as yeah, all yeah, great criminals do it's oh, just yeah, more you know, guards classic this time. yeah 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 now, um, you've, you've spoken about a bit of inspiration there from, from other works. You talked a bit about Dishonored and you've mentioned Thief is there. Um, what are some of the things that uh, – what other games that you did kind of pull inspiration from and what were some of the things that you wanted to do differently than some of the other stealth games that people might, might be familiar with, I guess, other than sort of a violent situation, you know, in your Metal Gear Solid sort of thing? Yeah, so um, that's the interesting thing is like, you know, uh, I didn't play – 
whole heap of stealth games um, sort of growing up and, and whatnot. Um, I wouldn't say I'm you know exactly a stealth game fan. Um, you know, I, I do have you know, other games that I play a lot more of. Um, but I, you know, as I said, I, I did play Dishonored, and I really, really like that game. Um, it made me think a lot of like you know Bioshock you know, remind uh, remind me a lot of that. So I was kind of like really interested in in that sort of thing. Um, and at first, I thought Dishonored was going to be open world, and I was super psyched about that. And then it wasn't. And I was like, oh, that, that kind of sucks. But um, I definitely have you know some sort of fond memories of Metal Gear Solid, where uh, it was a game on your know, PlayStation, um, and we. I, I couldn't really understand how to play the game. I had no idea what was going on because you know I was pretty young at the time. But my brother is uh, nine years older than me. Um, I remember him playing it and seeing him stealth around, avoid knock out the guards, and you know um, all that kind of cool stuff. And so, like, I think that is what I definitely drew from in terms of like how I wanted to visually present the game without you know sort of top down camera, but without you know going back and looking at it. I was like you know I, I didn't want the static cinematic camera angle stuff you know i wanted a bit more of an arcadey thing i guess um so a bit of distinction there but like i definitely you know was thinking back on you know all the stealth games that i had experience with which wasn't a lot and so um the only other stealth game really that i'd say i'm a huge fan of is uh is hitman I actually love hitman so much and you know uh drew a lot of um ideas from like how you know because hitman i guess in a way it it does have like an arcadey feel, right? Like, um, if you've played Blood Money, there's like a story about uh, that's going on. That's you know, um, a journalist telling an FBI agent or something a whole bunch. Oh no, other way around. FBI agent telling a journalist a whole bunch of details about um, these Agent Forty Seven cases, and um, I kind of liked how that story was connecting these uh all the hits and stuff that was going on but when you got into the game it was it was very arcadey it was very sort of contained it was all about the hit um and you know it's and the game just said all right do it the way you want sort of thing and um let you sort of uh, experiment in like these you know micro open worlds if you will you know dishonored did the same thing you know to a point as well um so a bit of love for that as well. But yeah, no, Hitman, um, that, that sort of arcadey feel is what I really liked and thought, okay, I want to have something similar to that um, where, you know, there's different ways you can go about, which, uh, you know, different tools will perform better in certain areas. Um, so you can sort of like figure out the path you want to take that uh, best suits your like suite of tools um, to steal the loot and then get out again. So, you know, like Hitman, there's one, well, there's not always one target, but, you know, there's like, a, a minimal number of targets as opposed to Thief where it's like, all right, I'm just going to grab everything that's not bolted down. It's interesting that Metal Gear Solid and Hitman are brought up, partly because I suck at both of them horrendously. <laughs> um, I, I loaded into Metal Gear Solid 5 or the, the, the prologue to 5 and the first thing that happened was I heard, this is a stealth mission and then suddenly I got spotted. Um, <laughs> didn't go well. But like, how has, they're very different to kind of what you're doing in the sense that a lot of those you end up, and same with Hitman, I found when I tried playing through Hitman, I ended up alerting people all the time and I just kind of went to roll with it. Mm. Dishonored a bit too and I love Dishonored. I mostly went for stealth in that though. But like I found yours heist was so interesting because it kind of took away that and it was all about you completely avoiding everyone, but it wasn't like a chore to avoid guards. In other games I found it, it can get kind of frustrating. It's just like, oh, I got spotted again. But in heist it you kind of became part of this nice rhythm of right, duck and run, duck and run, hide, then slide along this wall and stuff. How has the reception been to that? I know you did display the game at PAX and the booth were pretty busy most of the time. I was really drawn to it. How have other people kind of responded to that? Maybe if they've never touched a stealth game or maybe if they played heaps of them before 
Um, well, that, that's the thing that I think uh, I found really interesting. You know, like a lot of people have said before, uh, before me, you know, that like, you know, um, stealth games are basically puzzle games. Um, and I, I think that's something we sort of uh, are leaning on a little bit, where it's like, you know, puzzles are, are interesting even when there, there's nothing happening. Um, and I think that's that's something, you know, we've definitely thought about a lot in terms of how to uh, do the levels. So the levels as you traverse through them are, you know, sort of like, understanding the configurations of guards and walls and when to use a tool and whatnot um but like uh honestly you know i think because of that the it has allowed you know um a lot of different people i guess to play the game that might not normally play the game you know because it's not a game about uh reaction time like there, there definitely are tools that help with that or a bit more based around that like you know the cherry bomb or the coin um being able to react quickly as a guard moves around a corner through the coin at a perfect angle and stuff like that um but you know it, it it is a slow game it's a game about thinking um thinking forward and there's a lot of ability for you just to sort of sit there look and look uh figure out how and when you're going to make your move um and i think because of that that sort of slower pace it's being able to draw in a lot of different people um now we definitely know what you know uh, our, what our sort of audience is, um, you know, it's definitely like older, um, you know, like I guess more old school gamers, right? You know, like they're in their 30s, 40s and stuff now um, and maybe don't have a lot of time to play games generally. Um, but, you know, as the age of the medium of, you know, gamers age moves upwards, I guess that's always going to be the case. Time is more valuable and you have less of it. So, um, I don't know, it, it, like, I guess, yeah, we get a really good mix of people. It's not definitely like all leaning to one side, you know, like that's, you know, well, I explained like that's what our target market is. That's, you know, the majority, but that majority is like, you know, um, 40%, I would say, you know, there's a good uh, age range and um, good amount of diversity of people that are interested in, in the game, which is really good. And I think, yeah, that's attributed to the the puzzle-like elements of it, not the action, because there isn't a lot of action when you take out guns effectively. Now, Trave, uh, you've been working on this game for a little while now. Um, when can people uh, expect to to have it have a go at playing the game? How close are you to release? Um, we're really, really hoping we can get it out, uh, sort of, you know, in the first half of next year. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what we're pushing really hard for. So, um, yeah, if you want to follow things as it goes on, um, we'll be like, you can find us on Twitter um, at at Heist the Game um to follow more updates uh as well as uh we've got a steam community hub with uh going on there where you can people are more than welcome to ask questions jump in there we'll stick links up to that in the description of this episode as well so if you want to find out more about heist and atomizer games and you want to follow uh trave on twitter you can you'll find all those links on there uh trave look it sounds really interesting i can't wait to to play it when it's out in the real world i'm a real sucker for for stealth games i've played many of them and i think i yeah same uh played the uh the original metal gear solid and i was probably a little bit too young for it and was uh dying repeatedly and as i've come back to it i, I really enjoy that experience but i also have that same experience where i now don't have as much time as i would like to play mm. uh, for games so hopefully this uh ticks all the boxes in that area now um we have reached the end of the show that's all we've got time for today uh, thank you very much uh, for joining us, and thank you to our sponsor, Murdoch University School of Arts. You almost for- forgot the sponsor. 
I was like, School of Arts <laughs> at Murdoch University. Anyway. They're not going to give us any more money. <laughs> they, are, they are very important to us, Murdoch University School of Arts. Thank you for sponsoring the show. Um, as we mentioned at the end of the first topic, uh, if you uh, have any concerns uh, about uh, the depiction of uh, domestic violence, um, you can call uh, 1-800-RESPECT or, or call Lifeline on 131114. Um, if we want to listen to some of our older episodes, uh, you can do that as well. Uh, you can find them on our website. Our website is www.pixelsift.com.au, uh, where you will be able to, you know, look at all the old Hooray. episodes. You know, I've put a lot of time into that website. So Yeah, we're also hanging out on Discord all the time yes. uh, at uh, pixelsift.com.au forward slash Discord. Yep, and you can ask Mitch uh, to play Overwatch with you or maybe Fortnite I'm more now. into Fortnite now. Yeah, don't worry about Fortnite. Overwatch. Yeah. Yep. Uh, it, it's free on PS4. Just go get it. And no uh, excuse. you can jump on there. Now, Sarah, we've got a whole bunch of other stuff, including a bunch of our PAX content where you actually talk to uh, the team at, he- at Atomizer Games uh, about Heist. Uh, whereabouts can people find that if they want to find out all of that stuff? Or well, watch it? we are on a number of different websites, as a matter of fact. We're on facebook.com forward slash pixelsift, twitter.com forward slash pixelsift, twitch.tv forward slash pixelsift, and youtube.com forward slash pixelsiftau. That's it. Uh, this is our last live episode for 2017. Uh, yep. We'll have another Ooh. episode. We're bringing you Perth Games Fest uh, next week, and we'll have our first episode when, Mitch, in the year 2018. Yes, so we'll be back on the 4th of January. So see you there. Yep. Trey, thanks for joining us. No worries. Thank you. And we're looking forward to playing your game. For now, though, we'll see you, I don't know, sometime in the future, maybe on Overwatch. Merry Christmas. See you then. Bye. Did you know that the original Final Fantasy creator, Hironobu Sakaguchi, made a spiritual successor to that legendary series called Fantasian for Apple Arcade, and every level in the game is a handmade, physical miniature model. Enjoy unlimited access to over 200 incredibly fun games with no ads and no in-app purchases. From puzzle and adventure games to sports, racing, and multiplayer action games, everyone can count on finding something to love. Head to sifter.com.au forward slash arcade to start your free trial of Apple Arcade today at sifter.com.au forward slash arcade for a one month free trial of Apple Arcade and you'll be supporting independent video games journalism. This offer is for new subscribers only $9.99 a month after free trial. Plan automatically renews after trial until cancelled.